Ladies and gentlemen, what is goody goody? Trial back in the building, tribal offense. Hailing from the 614, you already know. And the crew as it is, it's your boys. As always, it's your boy Frost, aka Professor F. And I can't do it without my team, you know who they be. Squad up. What up, y'all? It's your boy Billy Paycheck, aka Horace P. McTitties. I'm in this bitch. <laughs> I can't even get it. <laughs> this might have been the wildest curveball to open the episode you ever threw, bro. <laughs> hey, man. But I rock with it, though. I rock with it. I rock with it. <laughs> oh, nigga. Horace is in the building. That's what's up, man. <laughs> hey. Shout out to Young Q, man. Our logistics extraordinaire. As always, man, we couldn't do it without our boy, man. Shout out to him, man, out there on that film grind. Launching his second empire, man. Shout out to that dude. That's that is a hustling nigga, bro. My nigga about to be up there with like Nick Cannon and Kevin Hart as far as like jobs. <laughs> For real. <laughs> but no, shout out to the home, you know, man. But you know, I already know what it is, y'all. We are in the things are starting to get toasty here in the basketball season. But um we got another what's beef episode and lose some recent events, but we're gonna get right to it. Um, but Shout out to young Steph Curry, bro. Like, I, I don't even want to get off into, like, the beef stuff until we acknowledge this man being the oldest player in NBA history to drop a 50-piece plus 10 of them things, them dimes, bro. Like, the chef continues to amaze me, bro. Like, I didn't think his shooting could improve, but now your man's, like, dropping step backs and double coverage, man. He out here looking like a walking cheat code out here, bro. Man, it's nothing new, man. Gotta stop sleeping on him. I, but, the, bro, the step backs of double coverage, though, bro. Come on, man. Hey, he's come just on, adding man. little tweaks to his game, bro. Man, like, like he was already like the mobile artillery unit, bro. Like, you can just deploy to like get you back in the game. But now this man's just hitting like circus shots, dog. Like, whoo. I don't know, man. Shout bro, out I watched show, him man. get a putback. Uh, offensive rebound and a putback. Mm-hmm. He's just adding all types of shit to his game, bro. But I, I think it goes back to when I saw like clips of his basketball camp and how he was cooking mm-hmm. them kids in that camp. And I was like, damn, bro, this nigga looks like he's ready to play today. Mm-hmm. So when the season started, he was damn near mid-season form, bro. He's cooking, bro. No doubt about it, man. Dude looks healthy. He's definitely cooking with gas, man. And obviously the Warriors are still doing their damn thing, man. Still got a pretty strong-ass record. And the big X factor is Draymond still hasn't found his shot, which doesn't seem to be a damn problem. And um, we're just waiting to return to young Clay Thompson, man. It's only like a matter of time. So I'm about tired of these fake Twitter accounts, man. Talking about breaking news, Clay Thompson starting tonight against the Pelicans. Oh, I'm like, man, yeah. shut up. He ain't even going to come back starting, bro. <laughs> Right, which I can understand that too, man. You got to kill Loki, keep him on a pitch count to let him get his basketball legs back under him. But, you know, um, I just, I mean, I don't think it's going to disrupt chemistry, but I am a little bit worried about some of the cats that have been blossoming, you know, the Damian Lees and the obviously Jordan Pools of the world, you know, hopefully they're still going to prosper even once Clay comes back and is going to command that shot, that shot volume. But um, the thing about the Warriors offense, man, it's an equal opportunity offense, you know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. You know, and uh, like I said, right now it seems like the need for Draymond to get his shot together is becoming 
uh, more minuscule as the days go by. <laughs> man, just play defense and don't do none of them bonehead plays you do. Oh, you man. try to bring the fucking ball up for no reason. Right. Well, that's the, that's the offense, though, bro. He be, he be trying to play point center or point forward for him, man. <laughs> well, it's like, look, get it to the chef. Get the hell out the way. Yeah. <laughs> nah, speaking of Draymond, man, um, we got some rumors swirling around out there that um, apparently uh, there is a team or at least a superstar that would strongly prefer for him to come, you know, if he's on the market or becomes available in trade, you know, he'd like to have him as a teammate. And that is one Damian Lillard, allegedly, man, um, according to recent report that got dropped, um, there's been rumors that Damian Lillard really wants Dre as a teammate. And uh, when you think about that, that kind of makes sense, seeing that they did spend time together, you know, this point, this past summer on Team USA. So um, that'd be pretty interesting to see how he will fit up there alongside Dame. You know what I mean? Yeah, my bad. Um, I had a distraction here in the house. I didn't hear the beginning. I heard the end. Oh, no, you good, bro. Um, let's see. We're going to take a quick recap on that. Let me see here. We'll just say we got the peel it back at about around five minutes, roughly. So we'll mark it five minutes, and then we'll restart it again. So let's see. Disruption. At around five minutes. All right. And I'm going to take a soft count and restart. I said about 6.15 here. I'm going to start that part over. So let's see how we can clean that up. All righty. So it's wild, man, that... um. Allegedly that, you know, based on Team USA ball and uh, this past year's Olympics, it's still worth saying that the Olympics occurred in 2021 and not 2020. But allegedly, man, Dame Lillard, man, he wants Dre to be up there in Portland with him, which is kind of interesting. But it kind of makes sense at the same time, considering that they did spend part of the summer, you know, on Team USA. So they must have developed some pretty strong chemistry, man. But what would be your thoughts if Dre were to become available and land with Portland with CJ and Dame? Draymond? Draymond Green, yes, sir. The Warriors. Portland. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not feeling it? I don't think so. Nah, man. I think Dame needs a... Because <laughs> CJ McCollum's a dog. No disrespect. Mm-hmm. But he needs, like, if he's going to do anything, one like, step up from CJ McCollum. Okay. To an every night superstar that's that's mm-hmm. gonna hold it down with him every single night mm-hmm. in the playoffs, no matter what, all that shit. Not saying CJ can't, but mm-hmm. if anything, he would need somebody that's more of a scorer, and Draymond's not like that. I hear the argument there, but I will say um he would solve one glaring hole from them. And this has probably been an Achilles over the past, like, I don't know, five or six seasons. He's going to help them out immediately on defense. I don't care what nobody say, bro. Like, cause they yeah. just don't have the horses outside of their centers. They don't have the horses that can just get it done on the other side of the ball. I mean, obviously, Damon CJ can bang threes and, you know, score with the best of them. But their problem's been 
getting stops when you need to. And I think Draymond could possibly help them as a team as far as like catapulting their defense upwards. And um, I don't know. I don't think he would need to score alongside them. But, you know, who knows? Um, but I think, but I honestly think if that did happen and at least they kept CJ Dame as a part of that, I would assume that they'd be able to make that work somehow uh, as long as Portland had proper compensation for it. Um, I would like that fit, honestly. But I'm about like you, they would still need another, like at least another dog as far as like offense goes to help, you know, take the heat off of Dame and CJ a little bit. But um, I think Draymond definitely would help them out on the other side of the rock. That's facts for sure. Mm -hmm. No doubt. But again, little birdie rumors, you know, allegedly came out based on a couple of reports that dropped. So we'll see if that ever comes to fruition. And hell, I know everybody and their mama just waiting on Dame to demand a trade too at this point so but we'll see if that happens mm-hmm. and speaking of trades as always what's a recent episode without ben simmons and trade talks surrounding him but um outside of him recently resuming getting fined by the sixers for neglecting help from the team's physicians and assistance as far as like his mental health goes which i'm kind of confused about that and talk about you know you need a break and refusing to utilize resources by the team. I'm like, hey, bro, if you're trying to get paid, this is not the way you go about doing it. But what else is new? This is Ben Simmons we're talking about. But- Ricky! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, right? This is why he's come along and put that relationship out of its misery. <laughs> yeah, because JoJo and uh, Ben definitely looking like the old boy and Ricky right about now. <laughs> crazy. Oh, God. Oh, but nonetheless, there's rumors that the Celtics, and go figure, um, even with the departure of Danny Ainge's GM, Brad Stevens is picking up the uh, mantle as far as, uh, you know, finding a way to dabble in situations that aren't unpleasant. That's been the Celtics in here late over the past, you know, 10, 20 years. But uh, nonetheless, Ben Simmons to the Celtics potentially, but... Obviously, any trade involving those two getting swapped around would have to include Jalen Brown, who's having a damn good season so far. Oh. It missed Bean Town's rocky start. But, um, yeah, Ben Simmons uh, swapping out Jalen Brown and possibly maybe a few other pieces. But Simmons of Bean Town, what's your take? I just, man, I don't know. Again, <laughs> it just seems like a weird fit, bro. I agree. Because it seems like they're already guard heavy and Mm -hmm. they don't have enough possessions in the game to, you know what I mean, for enough of their guards to get enough touches, pause. Mm -hmm. But um, Ben Simmons with uh, Jason Tatum, I I don't know, man. That could possibly work if they both locked in on defense. For sure. And they move be an upgrade on defense. They move like Marcus Smart too. Cause Marcus Smart, he keep going to the media, bro. <sighs> definitely yeah, in our in a in a subject to come here. <laughs> we definitely got the <laughs> you know we gotta ask stuff about that. That's part of the Woods beef yeah. piece here. But um but yeah, I mean it, it could work. I would definitely like to I would definitely be intrigued to see that because I think Ben Simmons could possibly move the needle. But um I, I can see that possibly working. It just would depend on who old Boston has to give up in addition to Jalen Brown and what you know what the final pieces of that trade picture would look like. But I can see that 
possibly working. Not to mention it keeps being in the same, you know, division there. So that would be a nice little rivalry that we'll get to see four times a year, you know, Boston versus Philly. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it would be interesting to see it from that dynamic. But um, I honestly, it, it's, it just depends. It depends on what the rest of it looks like, who's where, who's going to be playing what. And um, we just gonna get right to it, man. It, obviously, because Boston, <laughs> if it wasn't for the Phoenix and um, not Phoenix, but if it wasn't for Ben Simmons and Philly having their issues, we'd be squarely looking at what the hell is going on in Boston right now, man. Yeah. And um, I feel sorry for what's going on with Ime Udoka, man. First time head coach. Uh, what he's having to deal with, it's almost like he inherited the, a Titanic that is like sinking as we speak. For real. <laughs> And um, this is this was my fear though, bro. Like you know, I called it, and you know, people was calling me crazy when I said there's a strong chance these guys might not make the playoffs, and it's coming to fruition. I didn't like the additions they made in the offseason. I wasn't a big fan of them reacquiring Al Horford. You know, I'm like, okay, y'all about like a, a year or two too late on this point. What 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 is he going to do to help y'all <laughs> at this point in his career? Um, even though he had a solid game you know a few nights ago but yeah. you know that's gonna you know that happens i mean hell michael jordan had great games when he was with the wizards you know he'll drop 40 one night and then be nursing his knees the next night hey Almost. man you know how i don't got no respect for none of them florida cats on that team mm-hmm. so to compare <laughs> wizards michael jordan to al horford at any point in his career is disrespectful <laughs> I hear you, bro, but we're talking equal levels of being washed, though, at the same damn time, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, you know, obviously I would never compare them head on because Mike's people Man, Michael you know, Jordan was the better <laughs> baseball player than Al Horford whoa, whoa. is a Ooh. basketball player, bro. God. <laughs> In the words of Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend. I can't let you get away with that one, bro. Because Mike, we didn't even see when Mike was actually great thanks to that damn baseball strike. Because I think Mike would have been hot if it wasn't for that damn baseball strike. But that also wouldn't have led to him coming back with the number 45 and my boys knocking him out the playoffs and all the excuses that came after that. But another conversation for another day. That's <laughs> no doubt. But um, I shout out to Mike, man. Always... Definitely my rush for basketball, and if there's ever a guy that could, you know, easily win any argument about being a goat, it's it's the guy himself, MJ. Yes, sir. But um, nonetheless, man, Beantown's just some something's wrong, bro. And I I get why I get Marcus Smart didn't have no business doing that, but at the same damn time, like somebody's got to address the elephant in the room, bro. Because if we gonna keep it a buck, ever since. Boston drafted both Jalen Brown and Tatum, and they had that loaded roster that took a Kyrie-less team, you know, took LeBron James to seven games in the Eastern Conference Finals, bro. They have regressed slowly. It's been like a slow regression since then as far as, like, roster quality, you know, acquisitions, bad drafting, you know, guys want now, guys leaving via free agency. Facts. You know what I mean? It's been it's been a slow burn and a slow regression. And I knew when they signed, they signed Dennis Schroeder coming off of this damn season for, uh, uh, you know, veterans minimum. And he, he's sitting there talking, well, I could play point guard better than Marcus Smart, which he may have an argument, but I still wouldn't trust him mm. at this point. But <laughs> he might disappear on your ass. Exactly. You know, yeah, at least more I don't want to get defense out of Marcus Smart. You know, offensive facilitation is a different story, but flops. You know, flops the defense 
are guaranteed. <laughs> are you calling Marcus Smart the modern day floppy diva? Oh man. <laughs> Oh, nah, nobody was as worse as Vladdy, man. Vladdy's definitely the all-time king of flopping. Oh, I invented that shit. <laughs> he definitely took it. Hey, he definitely took it to another level. Hell, they had to start making fines because of this dude flopping. Crazy as hell. Yeah, it should have started back there, bro. This dude would just be acting, but anyway. But I mean, no. What else could you do against Shaq? You know you couldn't stop him. Why, why not just flop and try to sell a call? That's real. I don't blame <laughs> no player for flopping against Shaq. You know, you either flop or you get dunked on like Chris Dudley did. Take your or pick. Elbowed in the mouth like Matumbo. Oh, jeez. Oh, but uh, yeah, or, or almost lose your life like Brad Miller did. <laughs> <laughs> Shaq would have landed that damn right hand. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> but nah, Boy, man. Brad Miller would have been disintegrated. <laughs> I think the thing again. I'm gonna just shoot some more shade at players I don't really like or I'm not really a fan of. Mm-hmm. I think it all went downhill for the Celtics when they signed Gordon Hayward. Yeah, I think I got to agree with you there because that was kind of the start of it. I mean, and obviously that move was such a damn bust, Pauls, um, as shit. far as him getting hurt right out the gate. And now you're hamstrung with this albatross of a contract that, for a guy that can't even that really didn't play for like two more years after the real fact, shit you know what I mean? and then they had to like justify him being interjected into a team that was working just because mm-hmm. of his contract like you know yeah. what i mean he was the one that really mm-hmm. fucked it up because he came no back he got healthy like towards the end of that um eastern conference shit and then he came back mm-hmm. that next season they had to plug him in because his contract's inflated I don't yeah. know, man. I think he was got, the start of the bullshit. No doubt, man. I mean, when you think about it, hell, that's when Jalen Brown kind of disappeared for a second. And we was wondering, like, does he deserve the big bucks? But is it really his fault? Because he's having to fight for minutes alongside Jason Tatum, who blossomed immediately. And Gordon Hayward's coming back at commanding minutes. And, of course, he's got the sympathy of the coach at the time, Brad Stevens. You know, because they go back to Butler and all that. But, like, yeah, I'm about with you, man. After the whole... Isaiah Kyrie thing, and then bringing in uh, Gordon Hayward. Really, the signing, really that offseason, you know, you trade away Isaiah Thomas. We all know that story. We don't need to rehash that up. You bring in Kyrie via trade, and you sign Gordon Hayward. That was really kind of the start of, like, the debacle. You know what I mean? Even though it's kind of maxed by the postseason success that they did have initially with getting to that Eastern Conference Finals matchup, but... Yeah, man, they're in a unique state right now, and then right now it's um, their 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 futures of their franchise are so we thought they're getting challenged right now, and um, we're gonna see like if they're really made of what they need to be made of to survive this rocky moment, man. A lot of changes that they're not used to, new coach, you know what I mean. Some of those veteran players that they need, they had around them to kind of help shield them from this BS is not there, and um. One of the guys that's been in the trenches with them since the start is obviously voicing his opinion about moving the rocks. So, I mean, uh, this is, hopefully this is what he made Doka signed up for, man, because it ain't going to get no easier from here. That's for damn sure. Facts. And that's one last thing I want to say. I don't like um, people putting the whole fucking blame on the coach, like a new coach, if he just got to the team. You know what I mean? Like, they go through ups and downs sure. and shit. They got to figure that shit out. Don't yeah. try to, like, just pinpoint it on the coach. Yeah. I hate no that No doubt. Shit. You can't. 
You can't do that, bro, because I, I felt like that's exactly what happened with Steven Silas. You know, everybody yeah. wanted to start pointing the finger with him in Houston. And I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on. This ship was sunk after they lost in the playoffs in the bubble. And you let Daryl Morey walks, Mike D'Antoni walks, Russ, Russ gets traded out, and now James wants out. This was doomed before he even signed his damn contract. Right. So don't go blaming the regression of this team on him. You know, he will be the last guy I will blame in this situation. If anything, I'm looking at um, the owner. I think my man's name is Nelson Fertitta. I'm, I'm looking at him like, hey, you got exactly what you wanted. Nobody from a previous regime or ownership, you got this thing stripped down so you can run it the hell you want it. Now we're going to see what kind of owner you are. We're going to see if you are a, you know, the Arisons in Miami. You know what I mean? Trusting the process and keeping the right people in place to fall down and eventually rise again with Pat Riley and Spolstra and the crew, or if you're going to be on fire like Robert Sarver, and we'll get to that on <laughs> another episode. Because <laughs> boy, Sarver fell. I don't. I went back and checked the notes. Sarver fell off one of our crap owners list episode. Man, I For think real. he low-key slipped under the radar, man, because of the ascension of the Suns. But boy, I'm wait. I, man, I just got my popcorn sitting back waiting for all the facts to come out about that story because it is getting uglier by the day. That shit is crazy. <laughs> Man, they even something came out today talking about the wife. Penny Sarver was out here sending messages to employees and also sounding equally intimidating. But again, we'll get into that on another episode. <laughs> <laughs> I almost say stay tuned, folks. It'll get better and trust when it hits when shit hits the fan, we'll be here with all the team gossip. <laughs> but nonetheless, man, we got more beef to unpack, pause in this episode. Um but before we get to that, man, we got we to gotta pay homage, man, to one of the greatest players, man, that who is like, I know the team, the team itself is not all to the best of starts, but it has been an absolute joy to watch this man get his swag back and like looking like he's been born again. Shout out to that dude, Carmelo Anthony, bro. Like, yes, damn, man, right when you thought this dude was finished, you know, I, I'm like, bro. He's the walking example of a change of scenery can do so much for a player's like motivation and vibe, bro. Like he's looking like he never left, literally. For real. <laughs> like, damn, like Melo is shooting career highs <laughs> right now from all over the damn place. And I'm just like, damn, I'm looking at Houston and I'm like, Y'all really said this dude was that washed up at that point? Really? Just, this guy? They tried to do, they tried to AI him, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, I, I mean, they tried to AI him, man. But this also goes to show, man, you know, we've always been, I, I know, like, historically, the the world in general has been critical of Melo's work ethic, man. But after knowing what all has gone on off the court, as far as he's concerned, and to watch him still have the resolve to get himself, like, you know, keep himself ready to go and take advantage of this opportunity, bro. Because, again, in a situation where a lot of guys are still trying to find their way with the Lakers and still trying to find their roles, Melo knows what he's got to do, and he's doing the damn thing, bro. Like, That's fact. I don't think, you know, I mean, hell, even even the ultimate, the ultimate hater, Skip Bayless even paid this man respect finally after all these damn years. Um... But you can't argue against the numbers. The numbers don't lie. I mean, he's shooting 40-plus from downtown, 40-plus, obviously, from the field, and he's averaging 16, which is his highest 
in the past six seasons, which is insane. So it's crazy. But I know I know you rock with Melo Heavy. I'm gonna go ahead and give you the four on Melo, bro. What's your thoughts? Hey man, I think he's probably the front runner for six men of the year. The way he's spazzing. Facts. But um I think it just like I said, they tried to AI him, bro. AI AI was scoring crazy for Detroit before they set him down on some bullshit. It was just mm-hmm. nonsense, dog. Um huh. Rodney fucking stuck. You know disrespect to Rodney <laughs> Stucky, bro. But Rodney, really, Rodney Stucky, bro, like, come on. It's crazy. Come on, Joe Dumars. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I think it's more about just showing those players respect. He's not past his prime. I mean, he's definitely past his prime. I said some crazy shit. But he's not like in his like it's 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 not too much to ask to let him go out on his own shield like type shit. Same way I'm gonna keep relay, relaying it back to the AI shit. They were teammates and all that shit. I don't know, man. I think he got a lot of game left in him, bro. The game's actually tailored more to suit him with the um shooting like big facts, middies, all that shit. He's he's just cooking, bro, and um. It's fun. It's, it's fun to watch, bro. For sure, man. I mean, I ain't seen Melo play this loose and this easy in a minute, bro. And like, it's more like he's back to, like you said, not quite prime Melo, but like kind of like late years New York Melo, like and and playing within the system. You know what I mean? Like playing within the system, but he he can go get his own bucket. He can catch and shoot. You know what I mean? Like come on screens. I'm like, damn, bro. Like, Melo's looking like, you know, like a pure sharpshooter out here right now. That can create his own damn shot still. Crazy. But nah, man, shout out, shout out to young, big young Melo, bro. Like, definitely um, fighting on Father Time for damn sure, bro. It's almost like Father Time wasn't even looking for him. We're just, you know what I'm saying, can't find him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but shout out, shout out to Melo, man. I mean, I just, I can't, I can't stress enough. If y'all haven't been watching Melo, or paying close attention to the Lakers, man. Just tune in. This dude has been delivering every damn night for the Lakers, man, since the season has started. In the midst of games being missed by LeBron and, you know, other guys not having up and down nights, man. Like, this dude's been the epitome of consistency, especially coming off the bench, man. Definitely, I'm with you. My front runner right now for sixth man of the year. Beast, man. Yes, sir. Beast, beast, beast mode. And, um... Definitely beastie, man. But back to our episode theme here, man. This has been about beef, and uh, I think obviously it's time to address the uh, <laughs> last night's last night's fiasco. We had a uh, basically a beatdown that was in process of um, you know Miami Heat been the big bad wolves to start the year so far, man. They've been knocking a lot of teams upside the head and get onto a solid start. And like I was, you know, previous episodes ago, I was like, look at Jimmy Butler out here. Smiling, catching mm-hmm. noobs, having fun. You know, he got he got the goons, he got Moors, he got Lowry, you know what I'm saying? He still got you know the um I I don't even know if I call him the godfather. I think that'd be kind of disrespectful to the godfather to call you Donald Sazzle the Godfather, mm-hmm. but you know, you know what I mean, man. The silent the silent muscle that you know, if you need him to come in and take out one goon, you can count on him. For real. <laughs> but um but shout out to you, D man. Man, he's still getting that bag at, you know, I don't, I don't know how old my dude is right now. <laughs> he definitely up there at age for sure if he ain't 40 already. But um nonetheless, man, in the waning moments, if y'all haven't seen it in the waning moments of that blowout loss, um 
We had a play that occurred where Bam Adebayo was looking to go up uh, to get an offensive putback, and there was some contact between him and Jokic, and it was a clear no call by the refs. I'm like, hey, it's a blowout, man. No point in delaying this message. Get the hell out of here at this point. Marky Morris uh, took exception to that. You know, was looking for a call, and obviously the call never came. So while in transition, Jokic is bringing the ball up as the big point center that he is. And uh, right at about around half court, Mr. Morris decides to deliver a hard foul in retaliation to the no call. And I'm calling it how I see it because everybody wants to talk about when Morris started it. Well, it was before that, bro. And he definitely, he's actually the one that retaliated first in the wake of the no call. So catches him with a forearm to the ribs, clear as day. But a key thing that people are dismissing is this was the knocking of knees. And anybody that's had a damn knee injury knows Collide knees is no joke. Like, that's dangerous as shit, especially if you're somebody that of Jokic's size. Like, man, mm. you, you're not you're not the most athletically built, you know, slight pudgy build. You know what I mean? Like, it has had some injury issues through the years. Um, but, you know, got knocked and he got chucked pretty hard. I mean, anytime you stop a guy with that size, with that much momentum and forces him to go backwards, I think that's a hard-ass foul. Loki a cheap shot. But it gets better. As Morris uh, walks away thinking that, you know, he got away with his dirty call and an enraged <laughs> Nikola Jokic not only uh, makes contact, but delivers a crushing <laughs> blow to his back, sending Marquise Morris down to the ground and um, and probably into one of the best acting jobs I've seen in recent history. Uh, <laughs> like, you, like you said, the pregame, my man's cradled up in the fetal position. That's what I was about to uh, say. I got the rest of the story from here. And then Marquise <laughs> proceeds to fall to the ground. He makes sure it's to jerk his neck back in a backward motion to make it seem like he got whiplash, like somebody rear-ended him, pause, and then he <laughs> fell to the ground and immediately curled up into the fetal position like it was an ultrasound. It was crazy. I don't even understand what happened. Then, as Frost pointed out in pre-show, he got up, tried to walk. He took two steps with his hand on his teammate, and he fell down again like he got touched by the Holy Ghost. It didn't make any sense to me as an observer, but it happened, folks. It really happened. Markeith Morris, the the bully, the Broad Street bully. Like this rat shit. Yeah. <laughs> Him and Marcus Morris, bro, they are definitely the Beanie Seagulls, a.k.a. Stews of the league, bro. Duh. Oh, shoot. Uh, shout out to Paper Soldiers, man. One of the funniest little bunch of films ever Urban history for real, but, um, man. Stew. Wow. <laughs> oh shoot, man. Kevin Hart before Kevin Hart was Kevin oh, Hart, bro. Man. Man. Back. Hold on, real quick, since we talk about that shit. Charlie uh, Murphy as the cop. When he God. was like signed a paper, he was like Kevin Hart trying to crumble the paper up through there. I ain't signed no fucking paper. <laughs> that nigga smacked the shit out of him, bro. Man, y'all gotta watch that movie, bro. God, definitely gotta check it out, man. Early old stars, last I checked, man. But that definitely is a classic film, bro. Whew. Like I said, shout out, shout out to Dame Dash and the boys, man, for helping me get Kevin Hart on, man. Because really? I did not expect that. Dude, the stem from that movie like that he did, bro. Shout out to them helping my man to get on. Um, but nonetheless, man, th- this was so intriguing to me because 
like I said, the Morris Twins historically have been known as these big bad wolves and these enforcers for every team they respectively played for, you know, um, whether it's Marcus Morris and, you know, in Boston, you know, you know, during their the years that we just, you know, alluded to Easter Conference Finals run. Maybe he's been to miss some pieces of why they regress. Who knows? <laughs> but, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you know, then you got Marquise, you know, in his uh, days of irrelevance in Washington and also in Detroit. Can't blame him for being, you know, cranky and miserable up there, <laughs> given recent history. Um, Hell no. But, yeah, the, these guys have been the kings of, you know, not being those punks and, you know, cheap shots playing super physical. And quite frankly, bro, I don't blame Jokic at all, man, for retaliating the way that he did, bro. Like, say what you want about it being a cheap shot and hitting him from behind and all that. But let's be honest, if he hit him straight up forward, that this thing would have got a lot uglier than what it actually did. Facts. And you then, I mean? too, if he didn't retaliate at all, they would be mm-hmm. having those rumors like, is he soft, Paul? Like, exactly. All that bullshit. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Exactly. It was a situation where he was damned if you do, damned if you didn't, bro. Because yeah. I'm, I'll be, I'm about like him. I'll be damned if you're not going, you know, hit me in my damn knees, and then, which I think that was also intentional, and hit me right in my damn ribs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Could have possibly cracked him. You're talking a full blown forearm right to the damn ribs, bro. And it was obvious because there's no way you're gonna collide with a guy that's got you by at least an effective thirty pounds and two inches in height like that and make him go backwards. Yeah. Stop it. I don't give a damn. Or knock him off balance, at least. That takes a good amount of force and power. So, you know, I don't blame him at all for retaliating. I mean, I know he's the MVP of the league, one of the faces, and you got to keep you cool. But bump that, bro. Like, hey, take the two-game suspension. Y'all make it up. Y'all be going to be okay. For real. You know what I mean? Like, he's obviously going to get suspended behind this. But as far as I'm concerned, man, sometimes you got to stand your damn ground. And and that's just – that's just how I view things, man. Because I know if that happened to me, I'm definitely going to be retaliating. Facts. That's for damn sure. <laughs> I don't care how much money I'm making or, you know, <laughs> I don't give a damn. You, you ain't about to get ready to damage me permanently, man. And I don't think I ain't going to say nothing about it. Real shit, it. bro. And then in the heat of the <laughs> moment, they acting like, oh, he hit him from behind, bro. That's crazy pause. That was insane pause. But um, <laughs> what are you supposed to do? Tap this nigga on the shoulder like, hey, and then do something? Like, nah, nigga. Yeah. And the heat of the moment is like, you did what you did. I didn't fuck with that shit. So I'm going to do what I'm going to do real quick. And you got to deal with that shit. And that nigga just laid on the stretcher on the court. Oh, my God. That's what also made it bad, too. I'm like, you sold it to the point, man, where they had to bring a damn stretcher out. Duh. Stop it. It wasn't that <laughs> man. That was Bro. so, God, that was so unnecessary. Insane. But, um, and then you got the rest of the guys, obviously, Jimmy Butler, the the, the, the true enforcer. Talking about some bring that ass back. And pause. Oh and, yeah. Um, <laughs> bring that ass to the back and bring, yeah. and, and bring this shit to the back. What does that even uh, mean, bro? Right, bro. I mean, I get though bring that shit to the back. I get, you know, straight niggas. I understand know, it too, but it, after the mm-hmm. like it's it's over now. Like, it's over, man. Like it <laughs> I don't usually don't agree with a Richard Jefferson, man, but he did make one point in the midst of his maraud of like theories about this whole situation. Look, man, y'all took two L's, bro. You lost the game and you lost the damn fight, man. Just let it go. For real. What's all this wolfing outside the locker room stuff after the game? What is that all about? It's insane, bro. Oh, man, bro. Like, dang on. We're supposed to be here, like, you know, celebrating Mellow, man. Not comparing this to when, you know, my man lost to school against KG. He was ready to fight after the game back in the day. 
Oh, because your boy KG mentioned Lala talking about white chips, honey, like honey nut Cheerios. Cheerios. <laughs> I don't give a damn. That happened because I don't see a guy like Melo losing his cool like that. Hey, man. Period. They can deny it all they want, but that happened. It definitely <laughs> happened. Oh, shoot. But, yeah, and then it spilled over into Twitter, man. And, oh, God, now you got Marcus Morris involved, you know. So now we got to make sure we watch whenever the Clippers play the Nuggets again and, and all this other jazz, and uh, you know, then you got Jokic's brother creating the burner Twitter. Well, I can't call it burner Twitter because he did say Joker, Jokic brothers, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he said he, you know, he ain't quite turned to a burner account. But you know, the fact that he wasn't on social media and felt the need to get on Twitter as a result of this is insane, <laughs> super goofy, bro. But am I my brother's keeper? Yes, I am, I guess. I guess. <laughs> Oh man, man hopefully, times, hopefully, like this just goes away. Cause it, like, I can see if this would be a good setup to foreshadow like the finals, possibly like a finals yeah. matchup. Like, there's no, no way, doubt. there's no way. And if we do get a fucking Heat Nugget <laughs> finals matchup, bro, do you know how mad I'd be? I mean, but what if Jamal Murray comes back and is dropping 40 bombs Man, again, fuck that shit. That would be the <laughs> wackiest fucking finals ever, yeah, possibly. I mean, but what if he goes Super Saiyan and Super Seed Steph Curry and Superstar? I'm just saying. I know I just dropped a lot of S's right there. Hey, damn. man. <laughs> <laughs> man, fuck all that. <laughs> this, this isn't enough of a backstory for me, bro. I hear you, bro. Trust me, I get it. Man. He said, "I'm not with it." He said, "We're looking at the Hollywood script. We're looking at the screenwriter. It's not gonna work for real. I, I can't, like, I, I can't sell this. That's not a good enough villain. Your villain isn't working." <laughs> uh, yeah, true. Because ain't got no true villain. Even though this might be the start with you know the Joker becoming the yeah. Joker, really, you know. <laughs> start killing people. That'd be crazy as shit. Man, bro. If he really if he really like took on that persona and was like out here on some Arthur Flake shit, bro, I'd be like, wow. <laughs> Maybe he is the real MVP after all. <laughs> hey man, he would have met Jimmy oh, Butler out back. Yeah. With some brass knuckles or some shit. Shoot, man. Some brass knuckles and a couple extra weight breakers, man. Yeah, I, I still think Joker connected, man, to some sort of you know, people that uh, are used to getting stuff done behind the scenes. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be either, bro. Hey, man, my man's is, my man's is from East Europe. Duh. So, you know, <laughs> anything goes in that part of the world. It's a different world that us brothers from the block ain't, you know, or from, you know, up from urban areas ain't used to. Real Just shit. When we used to that damn cold. <laughs> but. But nonetheless, man, definitely entertaining stuff, man. It was that that was that was pure entertainment to watch, and even the fallout it's building over to the day was even more entertaining to watch. So, for real, but, yes, sir. But we're gonna call it a wrap on that note, y'all. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, again, this is What's Beef Part Six: Marcus Brothers versus the Jokic Brothers, and a wide variety of other shenanigans. But y'all make sure y'all continue to stay safe out there, man, and um, continue to social distance as always, too. As well, we're going to holler at y'all next week on the next episode of the Triangle Offense Podcast. Peace. Peace. Peace.